Hi guys, Paul from the innovation community here. Today I'm with Eric Talroth, who is the head of analytics at Telia Sweden. So Eric is working in a a semi-center of excellence role and his function provides business intelligence and advanced analytics support for all of Telia Sweden's business units, whether that's consumer, enterprise operator and customer channels. So great to have you with us, Eric. Great, great to be here. Thanks. Uh, Just to start with, tell us a bit about yourself in a few words. Um, I'm an economist by training, uh, got a PhD in, in the US uh, many years back uh, in pricing and auctions, uh, have worked with pricing, revenue management, uh, business development uh, for uh, my, most of my career, uh, got into the data area and analytics seven years ago when I was um, uh, first contacted to, to uh, start working uh, in Telia with, with building up this uh, center of excellence around data analytics. Mm. And where did your career working in data begin? I think it's kind of begun with my, with my PhD because I, you know, obviously, I mean, as an economist, uh, you, you engage with data, that's uh, the basis for uh, you know, the dismal science, uh, hypothesis testing and engaging with, uh, with, uh, uh, with reality, uh, steering in the face of our theories. Uh, so I, I, I worked uh, in a very quantitatively focused uh, team uh, for my, my PhD uh, around um, uh, auctions and uh, and uh, yeah, empirical studies around auctions. So I think it started kind of there. The interest of of uh, sort of going back to the data and 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 uh, asking for for answers. And what are you up to in your current role? So we're we have a a team of thirty five professionals spread across. On the one hand, the, the BI core, sort of BI data capabilities for the major incumbent telco operator in Sweden, Telia Sweden. Uh, so we have the BI part, and then we have the, the analytics that we support, both the business analytics and the advanced uh, analytics, primarily in the area of CVM uh, and uh, marketing. What really interests you about working with data? I think uh, I think there's a couple of things. I think I'm intrigued by the technology and the capabilities themselves. Of course, as many of us have been working in the last couple of years here in this field, it's just been an explosive uh, growth of uh, capabilities in this area. So I think that's really exciting. Um, and I think the the other part. I think I mean I I came into business. And working life really I mean you want to do something something really good and I think data analytics is uh, is one of those things that can give you sort of a wow oh okay so we can do this completely differently we can do something uh, new or we can attack this problem in a different way because we now realize understand something so I think that part I think really engages me and uh, and I mean where we are now today in analytics I think 
what I'm trying to work hard on uh, together with the team here in uh, in Tele Sweden is that you know uh, people look on us as kind of the on any analytics outfit I think in any company as kind of the data team so give us the data but that's a, such a historical backward looking way and today I think analytics is really pointing towards the future so what is going to happen tomorrow next month next year and I think that's the really exciting part about working in the you know the futures department uh, so I think that's fun yeah and, and you've got to have fun with it as well what I'd really like to hear is the story of, of how Telia Sweden and, and you guys in the data team built the analytics center of excellence can you go into detail on that yeah, I think it was a realization that um, uh, there, uh, I mean, obviously we're, we're uh, as a sort of big mature uh, telco, there's a lot of analytics being done, but it was spread out across the company, uh, the Swedish company then, a Swedish subsidiary. Uh, so uh, small teams of five, six, seven, eight people uh, working some in the you know, small BI team in the finance uh, department, something supporting the channels, uh, something in the consumer area, CVM team, etc. Um, and wanting to place a bet on analytics uh, in, in the sort of strategic roadmap, the decision was to try to sort of pool these resources and try to go for scale. And I think one of the, the things that we tried to do from the beginning and which we've been trying to do all through this uh, the time that we built this up is that we've we've tried to support the business in the sort of ongoing line activities that we that is required as always is that's a kind of foundation for the what we do uh, business analytics of course the the modeling and the cvm analytics that we support the channel support etc but also to be able to place a couple of bets on what we think is going to really sort of move the needle for the company as a whole. And I think that's what you, that's something you can only do if you have a little bit of scale. Uh, if you, if you have a small team focused in one area, then you can never sort of go, the bets you can place are, are then also smaller in, in scale and it's hard to sort of build it up. And another question I'd have as well is, how do you find innovation within this traditional industry? Because obviously the, the, the actual size of the group is one thing, but actually in, in an industry like that, that must be an extra challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is because it's, I think everything is, uh, is very kind of, I mean, first, it's, it's very business driven. There's a, there's a really big business in the bottom that's sort of just ongoing day in, day out. I mean, we have, uh, what's supposed to be the, the biggest call center in Sweden? You know, we have, we have definitely the biggest customer base in Sweden of any. I mean, the, most telco operators uh, do. It's just a, it's a big business in the bit, uh, um, and um, it's not typically character, characterized by a very high growth uh, in these kind of traditional telco lines. So uh, I think to to drive innovation, you really have to sort of you know you don't get the kind of natural uh, growth engines uh, that you can see, for instance, in other parts of the tech sector. So you have to look for uh, the innovation part uh, in other areas. So I think one area that we have been focusing on is uh, trying to bring, I mean, I think we had a quite early on a realization that 
the biggest opportunities we had were in the white spots. So where there were like no little or no analytics done. So if we can sort of keep delivering in the areas that we need to deliver on and keep innovating there, uh, but then to to really go into brand new areas, then we can find, uh, then we can do, you know, more fundamental change. So we try to focus on, on keep having uh, a couple of bets in place on areas that are completely new. And I think that's been really successful. And it, it sounds like it too. Moving back to yourself personally, what would you describe as some of the major successes you've achieved over your career? Um, I am, uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm mostly, I'm mostly proud of, I mean, I took this job because I thought it was really exciting to be able to build up a team. And uh, it's a, it was an element of creative destruction in a traditional uh, context. Uh, and I, uh, I was really sort of uh, intrigued by that. I've been working in very kind of central commercial functions for a long time. But of course, central commercial functions are always kind of, they, they, they exist before you and they exist after you leave. Uh, but to, to build something up and try to make it important for Telia Sweden, uh, I think that, that I still think is, is, uh, is a major success. And I think, I mean, not, I mean, not just for me, of course, but, but for the team as a whole. And I think, uh, uh, I think the, I, I mean, when, when we started this out, we were a really traditional kind of BI and CVM analytics shop where we were based on the SaaS uh, suite, uh, working in the CVM area. Uh, we had lots of, uh, you know, disjointed uh, dashboards and reports, some in, you know, old school uh, formats, some in newer formats. Today, we've kind of transformed the organizations. We have really sort of, I think, top, really top of the time data scientist uh, capabilities. Uh, we have moved decisively into open source uh, territory. Most of the stuff that we do now is in, in Python and R and other sort of more modern um, uh, languages. And we've consolidated a platform for bringing data to, to uh, a huge number of, of business users in a kind of self-service uh, um, platform, which I think has been, uh, uh, yeah, I'm really happy about. And uh, that sort of interaction model uh, with the business, uh, I think the clue is always, I think there's lots of really exciting stuff to, being done in very many different companies, uh, which are kind of more of the experimental uh, kind. Uh, and then there's, of course, there's lots of people delivering every day on data analytics. I think the, the kind of trick that we have always, that I try to challenge my team with is to do kind of both, you know, deliver on the daily operations and everything we need to do to the business to be relevant and not just be an experimental outfit, but at the same time to try to do new stuff, you know, and um, I have a two man person team of really crack data scientists that we have sort of exclusively earmarked for doing innovation type uh, um, work. Um, and uh, this year they did some really amazing stuff in digital marketing, which I think really pushed the needle. Uh, and uh, I think I just sort of really enjoy seeing those types of, uh, those types of results. And out of those, what do you think was the biggest impact that you made on a transformation? 
Well, I think, I think, uh, I think it's, uh, I mean, you know, there's lots of successes and failures. I mean, we re, re-engineered our organizational model a year and a half ago because we just saw that this is not working. We're, we, we got bogged down in too many small teams within this new central, uh, this, this sort of uh, central team of uh, uh, our, our sort of central team. Um, so we re-engineered and went for a more agile sort of approach. Uh, there were many people that uh, contributed to that, but I think, I think overall, I think that for us as a team, I think the, the biggest achievement uh, we have had is that we've been trying to focus on these, these innovation bets uh, that we've had. Um, I think uh, we, we pushed really, I mean, first really hard in the network optimization. I think one area for traditional telcos that is really interesting from an innovation perspective is uh, network operations because I think this is where this is one example of a huge kind of white field for many telcos where there's no advanced analytics done with you know this the kind of standard tooling within analytics of course there's lots of data and analysis being done but it's all done within a, a very sort of specific uh, technological framework so that's one area that I think is a great success I also think the fact that we went for a platform and enterprise grade type platform building a platform with respect to self-service data it's also proven to be be uh, really good so yeah i guess those two and you you give a lot of empowerment to the team which is always great to hear how would you describe your own leadership style yeah i think uh i think th- this is actually one of the things that i really love about analytics because you work with such smart people uh I started out my career at McKinsey back in the day, and uh, that was also one of the things that I really enjoy there, always really smart people. But I think it probably is topped out when you start working with advanced analytics and data scientists. So I think I try to stick really hard to that part. I think it all starts with the, the people. Uh, so try to go, I spend a lot of time thinking about uh, uh, whatever recruitments we're doing, um, I try to go really for the intrinsics in the people. Uh, I think you can learn a lot. Uh, we picked up uh, we picked up people, uh, several people actually, who sort of worked themselves towards the advanced data science area just by pure interest. Uh, in in uh, a couple of cases, without formal education but uh, showed by dedication and uh, sort of intelligence that they, that they really belong to the team uh, or should earn a spot on the team. Uh, so I think I try to focus on that. I also try to focus a lot on the, on the tech skills um, to, because this game is just moving towards being more and more uh, advanced. In terms of, I think as a senior leader, uh, I mean, obviously, I think a lot is about trying to just steady the organization on these longer term goals or innovation, because it's, I mean, on the ground, I think in many analytics teams in big companies, you're always challenged in a way by the stakeholders. Hey, I want this stuff. I need this for my business now. Uh, so to try to sort of put the larger purpose out there and, uh, and always sort of challenge what we're prioritizing, what we're doing, I think is also 
something that I try to to focus a lot on. Um, yeah. And when you're trying to convey the, the data message, obviously you're in a center of excellence role and you're trying to convince other business units to adopt data or, you know, to whatever the challenge might be, how do you find the best way to engage and communicate, let's say with senior leaders in those functions is? I think, uh, I mean, you have to spend a lot more time communicating what you're doing than, than what you think is even reasonable. I mean, uh, and this is one of the areas where I think it's my, one of my, my, my key development areas, because I think you just need to keep, I mean, that's, this is one thing that you as a senior leader have to take for the team. You have to communicate, communicate, communicate what you guys are doing and what you're delivering. Because at a certain level, it's about sort of creating, I mean, it's creating a story and an understanding of, of uh, the potential and what you can bring. And a lot of times, I mean, the, the senior management are often really receptive to uh, sort of the inspirational goals or agenda with, with advanced analytics. And, uh, and they themselves are also wanting to go towards, you know, not looking back, but predicting, looking at the future, how, what if we can decide, uh, you know, what's the churn levels or what's going to be the, the uh, spend or the, the um, uh, data consumption is going to happen next year instead of, you know, just looking here. Everybody in the telco industry is extremely used to, for instance, these very long and really heavy investment horizons. So there's a really big interest in what happens in the future. Uh, so from that perspective, I think it's quite receptive. It's really up to us uh, to just communicate, communicate, communicate what we are doing and what we can do. Uh, not promising away everything, but uh, you know, um, uh, concretely, what can we, what have, what have we brought, and what can we bring uh, to the business? Even though you're doing a lot of really great stuff, where do you see the biggest opportunity for improvement within your analytics CRE right now? Yeah, I think. Um, I, I mean, I think that where we are now, uh, I say as I, we're poised to scale up, but we need to scale up now. And that means going, you know, much more robustly into operations with everything, what it means with, you know, stable processes, SLAs, working frameworks. I think a lot still my data scientists and data engineers and analysts too, they're still, you know, cobbling together a lot of their solutions themselves. And to some extent, that's the beauty of advanced analytics, right? And open source and all that stuff that you can sort of make, you know, it can, you can do magic, but, um, but you need to, at some point, have a process uh, to take it uh, into operations. And when I meet other analytics leaders also, uh, I think many of us talk about this, you know, it goes by various names, getting out of the, the POC, uh, you know, uh, set up or, you know, uh, or scaling up or whatever, but it's all about sort of really making fundamental processes. I think, um, uh, for instance, the area I mentioned, network analytics, I think we did, we developed a program there with a lot of really exciting use cases. I think we did some fantastic work, work in, in terms of predicting uh, data usage and consumption loads in the network 
you know, 12 to 18 months ahead. Uh, but in order to be able to, to carry that over to actually implementing processes around sort of using that data and making business decision, investment decisions on that data uh, beyond sort of, you know, dashboards, et cetera, that's the really hard part. And I think that's where we're still not in, you haven't crossed the goal line for sure. Uh, so that's something that we still, that's sort of the next next step, I think, for, for us. What was the biggest mistake you made during your career? Yeah, I think, I think it's sort of tagging back to the, the people question that you asked previously about the leadership question. I think I, uh, I, I bet that a little bit, I think too much on, you know, the leader, the leader, small team type structure um, where, you know, uh, men in analytics, many people say, oh, so an optimal team is like a, a leader and uh, four to eight uh, people. Uh, but we are now organized in much larger teams uh, where we form instead more agile sub teams. Those sub teams are pretty, pretty stable, but they're essentially, they're not, they have leads within them, team leaders or, or whatnot, but they're not, but they're leaderless in the sense that it's not people leaders. They don't have any formal uh, authority. They don't do people reviews, etc. And I think this is this is one uh, where where I uh, uh, where I think that I um, uh, yeah I think I think that, that that's an area that I that I'm really uh, where I've changed the most in in how I approach uh, yeah what I do and, and what we try to do. How has COVID nineteen affected your role and organization? Well, when I ask my team, they say it's gone quiet, more quiet. Uh, so uh, for me, it's gone, I think I'd say less quiet in a way you're trying to s- stay engaged with your people as much as you can, of course. And, and, uh, and a lot of things that usually in the office would have taken a couple of minutes can now go mail loops and meetings, etc. But for the team, they say that, you know, they... A lot as a data analytics team, you get a lot of sort of ad hoc questions, and that kind of fades away. But I think, I, get, I mean, and they some of them say that that's good, <laughs> but but I think, I think as the time has passed now, I think now it's getting a little bit you know uncomfortable in the sense that you get as an, a supporting team or a team sort of on the side, you get a little bit. Uh, disengaged I think I think that's the biggest danger um, uh, I mean we're working really closely with the business in at least some of my teams uh, so I think there I think it should be fine but I think I think this is the the biggest hurdle with this sort of new normal that you uh, if you're trying to support the business but maintain you know a, a center of excellence if you like and uh, then this engagement level with the business is harder to maintain What's your top working from home tip? Uh, I think uh, I think uh, big screen. My team, my team, uh, they um, almost immediately were like, "Can we get the screens from the office?" Uh, so we actually were able to 
to pull out all the screens from uh, from the office. And I think, I think still, I talked to many colleagues though in the in the in the in the company, and they don't have big screen. I just don't get it because I think that's yeah. That, I think that's the biggest difference maker. What's your work from home routine? Um, we have a daily stand-up, me and my management team, which is a really small team. So we are three people that meet every day uh, for a short amount of time uh, to just sort of check in. Uh, not something we did in the old normal, but something we do now. Um, then, I mean, I try to... Yeah, then it's... Uh, uh, I think it's just... Uh, I'm trying to mix it up as much as I can so that I get to go out. Uh, I, I take walks, uh, walking meetings. Uh, I vary my ways of making my coffee. Uh, yeah, try to, to mix it up as much as I can uh, in order to, to not get, uh, it gets a little bit of Groundhog Day feeling otherwise. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? That's a good one. Um, I think uh, I think the best piece of advice I ever got was that somebody who said that you know it's just as important to end well as to as to begin well. Uh, and this was on the on the question of, of somebody who didn't was a, a, one of my CEOs actually who who he didn't he he was kind of like perturbed about having to leave the board kind of move, had him move and he didn't want to have a grand sign kind of leaving you know but then my then boss was working closely with him she was like no we're going to do this and then she told me this that you know it's just as important to end well as it is to begin well and i think that's really true for many things in life what are you curious about right now Yeah, I'm. Uh, I think I'm. Uh, I'm really curious about 2021. I think 2020 has just been such a roller coaster in so many ways. I mean, it became personal with COVID, the global things around COVID, the American election economy i think it's just been such a roller coaster in so many ways so 2021 i'm i think that that should be okay to say right now in december 2020 who is your favorite thought leader or author i have to say uh i have a boring answer there but uh, i'm uh, malcolm gladwell is a long time favorite of mine I really like him. I think uh, it's just uh, such a master of drawing out uh, truths from in a very kind of accessible, but still very, uh, yeah, I think, I think he finds so many angles on everything he does. So what is your really favorite like quote? You know, I'm an ex-basketball player uh still coach uh and there is uh i was looking on 
I don't know if there ever is any American viewers on this one. There is a there's a famous UCLA coach called uh, Coach Wooden, John Wooden, uh, and he had a quote that what's really important is what you learn after you know it all. So I kind of like that one. So I'll just take that for my favorite quote now. And finally, what advice would you give for aspiring leaders in analytics? Yeah, I think uh, I think that uh, I think that analytics leaders, to some extent, I think of myself as a little bit more old school as a leader. Uh, and I think the next breed of analytics leaders, the younger leaders that I see come up, uh, they need to be really well invested in tech skills. So my best advice would be to continue to learn and develop those skills, because I think the technology is really the foundation for sort of being able to innovate and, uh, and produce in, in this area. Um, yeah, so I think to stay on the learning path uh, and uh, learn as much as you can, continue to throughout life, uh, working life, I think even as a leader, I think that's important. Great. That was Eric Talroth, Head of Analytics at Telia Sweden. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. It was a pleasure, Paul.